Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. Welcome everyone. Mm -hmm. I am so happy that you're here today and that you're tuning into a conversation that I have been really excited about. Photographer Kristen Kilpatrick joins me and as a photographer, I have admired her work for years and I'm so looking forward to sharing her story with you. Kristen is an Austin-based destination wedding photographer who has photographed luxury weddings from Mexico to Maine to Lake Como. Named a top wedding photographer by Over the Moon and known for her exquisitely colorful imagery and work with brands such as Moda Operandi and Love Shack Fancy, Kristen's photography has been featured everywhere from Vogue to People to Vanity Fair. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Wedding Destination. Thank you, Molly. I'm so excited to be here. I am so thrilled to have you here, Kristen. Your work truly speaks for itself. And following along with your incredible travels as you photograph some of the most beautiful destination weddings on earth is such a joy. And I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know you. So before we start talking about all things weddings, can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start? Yes, of course. So I have always been so drawn to the arts. I got a BFA at TCU with an emphasis in photography. And this is totally Molly. I don't even think you know this about me. This is for another podcast, but I originally started out as a painting major, not even a photography major. And it was my sophomore year at school. I was in a boating accident. So I literally hurt my arm pretty intensely It was in a cast for, I would say over a year. So it was in that It was in that year that I was like, how do I stay in the arts? I'm addicted to the arts. I love art history. I love art theory, color design, all of it. How do I stay in the arts and also, you know, get to stay in the program, the fine art program, whatever. So I went to the dean of the art school and talked with him. And that is when I started my photography journey. And um, that was really when my eyes opened to the world of photography and we were trained more in the arts, less the commercial side of things, but it was in those moments that you really develop your sense of style, your appreciation for color theory, um, different lighting concepts, and just immersing yourself in art history and all of the things. So that is how I got in the art world. And then as I developed throughout, you know, my, my art journey and my art thesis and graduation, all of that. I tried really hard to get my art in galleries and the struggle is real. Let me tell you, because you are living on a prayer. You are hoping that somebody takes your piece and your, um, in, in, in 
and we'll put that piece in the gallery and it's just really hard. I was living in my parents' back house at the time and I will never forget this, Molly. I got on Facebook because we all used to use Facebook. I don't know. Did you use it? Of was course. That- so, of yeah, course. Yes. And I, there was some group, I don't even remember what it was, but like groups on Facebook were such a thing. And there was a photographer. Her name is Taylor Lord. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work. She's not shooting anymore, but she was the coolest it girl. I mean, her photos were everywhere. And anyways, got on Facebook and she had uploaded a wedding that she shot. And this is, but this, this was before even the era of Pinterest. I mean, like Pinterest, I don't really even think existed, but I had seen this wedding that she shot and I, it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, I wasn't interested in shooting weddings. That was just not even part of my journey. My journey was strictly to get my, my artwork in galleries, to be an artist. That was it. Like nothing commercial. But this wedding was so magnificent that I, I just had to reach out to this photographer. So I went to her photography page on Facebook because that's what we used to do. We like had fake before Instagram and all this. We had Facebook pages. And she had just posted that she was hiring a studio manager. And I kind of thought, well, like, should I apply? I mean, it seems silly. I'm not really wanting to be anywhere in the commercial scope um, or sphere. But I, I thought I should do it. I mean, you know, I'm living in my parents' back house. Like, come on, like, I, I should at least apply. So anyways, I applied. We got on we got on a call to have an interview and we talked for two hours straight. And I literally moved to Austin the very next day, which is where her studio was located. And that's how I shot my first wedding. And when I say I was not fully, the rest was history. I became addicted to the adrenaline rush, how you can fuse both worlds together. Art, theory, design, color concept, all of it can magnificently cross over with the wedding industry. And Taylor... I love her so much. She opened up my eyes to what was known as the fine art wedding world. I didn't even know it was a thing um, until I started working under her. And I'm so grateful for her because she was 100% my mentor. Still is, even though she's not shooting. She's just the most lovely human. And I really developed my style and awareness of the wedding world just by getting to work alongside her and as her studio manager. So that is how I ended up in the wedding world um, from a painting major to photography uh, major. And then, you know, trying so hard to get my actual art pieces in galleries to <laughs> being a full-time wedding photographer. Wow. What an incredible story. And how amazing that you just took that initiative to reach out to Taylor to put yourself out there, apply for that role that brought you into this amazing world of fine art weddings, which I think at that time, so many people in the art world still perceived weddings and wedding photography as almost more of a commercial venture. They didn't see it as really actually creating art. And I think photographers like Taylor that really paved the way kind of, I think along the time of when Style Me Pretty was first coming out, it showed the world that weddings were something completely unique, that they could be one of a kind for the couple and that they and wedding photography can be a true art form. And so then how long were you working for Taylor? 
okay, this is where things are just like so divine because the timing of it was, I mean, I, I, I giggle because she became my best friend. I moved to Austin. I ha- of course had friends here, but I, I it was the first time I had like left my hometown because I, my college also happened to be in my hometown, um, which is funny, but moving to Austin, she became my best friend. We did everything together. So her husband was um, in school. I think, yeah, he was in school in Austin and he was applying for his residency. She had to end up moving for his residency. And the divine timing of it is, I think we would have like grown old together (laughs) as eight-year-old women, like literally working in the studio together if it weren't for him getting placed in Dallas for residency or and having to move. So it was a really sad departure, but we, and also she kind of started phasing out of weddings at this point at this time because she got pregnant and needed to be full-time all hands on deck with the kiddos while her husband was finishing out um, his med school. But it so organically happened, that transition of working for her, under her, and then kind of having my own clients. And she was just such a support and was always there to help me take the splash and just jump straight into it, which... I did. And I'm sure you can remember your first wedding. It's the scariest thing. Scary, good, but scary, right? Oh, absolutely. It's terrifying. Yes. Totally. Totally. So that just, it organically happened. So I think I was with her for about um, probably two two years, a year and a a year and a half. It's all incredible. It's also another time. I don't even know. So then what was it like then when you decided to go out on your own and take that next step to start booking weddings under your namesake and really, you know, take creating this business that you have today? It was intoxicating. It was so addicting. I will never forget that energy that literally just runs through your veins when you first decide you're going to take the leap and start your own business. I mean, I feel like you totally get this, Molly, but it's like you spend 24-7 thinking about your business, working on your business, whether it's doing setting up back-end stuff for website or, I mean, it's just like the little things that you also learn about as you go creating your own email signatures, trying to figure out what you're going to put on your website. What do you want your style and your design to look like? Colors. I mean, colors that will represent your brand. What is your brand? Who is your target audience? What's your dream client? I mean, all these things you have to think about. And I, I, it's all I did. I mean, truly, I actually think for like the first two years, I would stay up way past my bedtime. I was operating on like four hours of sleep, dare I say three, I don't really remember. It really feels like a forever lifetime ago, but that's what you live and breathe in those moments when you are taking the leap to start your own business. I mean, you are just operating off of adrenaline. It is like lifeblood and that is all you're doing. Yes, it's an incredible time. And, you know, I think for the people around you, it's both inspiring to see you. Also, probably at times you're a little bit insufferable because it's all you want to talk about and breathe and do. But I mean, I think, you know, really capitalizing on that joy and that energy and that, you know, you found your passion, you found your dream and that you just dove in head first. That is amazing. So then what were your first weddings like that you were working on your own? So my very, very first wedding, and it's, uh, Taylor and I always used to say, 
quote Tim Gunn. I think it's Fashion Runway. Is that was that his show, Fashion Runway? Yeah, or I forget what it is. It's like a Project Runway. Thank you. Yes, Project, Project Runway. Runway. <laughs> he always used to say, make it work. And that yes. literally was like Taylor's tagline, her slow her slogan. She was always like, we, you make it work. Because you're it, kind of when you're a photographer, you're taking all these elements and it is your job to fuse them together, make it just happened and and look organic and everything come together flawlessly. So anyways, my very first wedding was a bride who I'd never met. Um, and I show up and she was a pregnant bride, which was so exciting. I just had never even, I don't think I'd even done a paternity session at this point um, in my career. And the day of, she requested a boudoir shoot. And I also had never done a boudoir shoot. So not only have I had this, I've never been pregnant, so I'm not even used to the female body in that way, but I'm now needing to, you know, direct her and make sure that I'm posing her in a way that she feels comfortable and, and confident, but she is, um, and not wearing a lot of clothes. So that was my very first wedding was a (laughs) pregnant bride that wanted a boudoir shoot and it was so fun and I love the photo I still love the photos from that and it was sweet it was more elopement style so it was like a very small scale manageable wedding but I laughed because I'm like okay like you know what this is such a perfect assignment for my first wedding because if if I can tackle this I can do I I have confidence in myself I can do anything because it 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 was a little bit intimidating I'm not gonna lie Molly boudoir pregnancy a pregnant um, bride. Yeah. It was a lot of curveballs. So yes. And especially not knowing going into it, not having time to visualize and kind of put together a concept and, you know, art direction for how the day was going to go. Wow. And I laugh because now it's such an integral part of just our process with our clients, but we are so hands-on on getting to know our clients. There is a questionnaire, there's a process before the wedding where we know what's important to our client. We know what they want their getting ready story to look like. The des- the details and the design elements that are so important to who they are and how to showcase that, you know, and really weave that throughout their wedding story. Um, which I didn't, I didn't even have the knowledge to do that in the beginning. And yeah, everything, you know, you have to evolve and you have to grow. So definitely grew from that and created a wedding day questionnaire prior. And you know. I will say, I think with your work, Kristen, and I know we've talked about this before, but your photos, they have such a distinctive quality to them. And as a photographer, I really, truly admire them so much. And I mean, I think they somehow always feel light and luminous, but then also really rich and vibrant. And that is such a beautiful intersection. And I think captures the essence of the destinations that you work in so beautifully. I would love to know, how do you achieve that signature style? Well, thank you, Molly. Coming from you, that means so much because your work, I feel like, is the exact same. I mean, you, I love the work that you do and the way you capture light and the colors and the tones in your work. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. Thank you Um, so much. But so your question is, how do I achieve that? Is that that what you asked me? Sorry. Okay. Yes. I think finding light is so important. I think that you can't really achieve that luminous glow 
24-7. You have to have the awareness when it's going to be the right time to shoot. And that's not all day. I mean, we all know that high noon light is scary, but there's also, with light, it's it's a language. Light is literally a language. Um, so you have to learn how to speak that language. And if you are shooting at high noon, how to place your subject, whatever it is that you're shooting, in a type of light where you can almost bend the light and shape your subject in this light that's going to do magnificent things for them. And then, I don't know, I also love post-production. I think post is fun, but I think getting it right in camera is so beneficial for anybody's shooting style, whether you love, you know, the back end and post-production and editing once you're home and away from the, away from the shoot. I think just making sure that you nail it in camera will make your life so much easier as a shooter. Yes, I completely agree. And I mean, I'm sure for you, working in these really beautiful historic destinations is inspiring in its own right. But other than that, as an artist, what what inspires you? What inspires your work? Oh my goodness. I find so much inspiration in nature. For me, it's it's so funny. Like I can truly just see the way that light will hit a field of grass and it transports me to this place in my imagination that is it's lifeblood it it fuels me and specifically in my in my mind like right now when I'm thinking about what inspires me is it's where kind of it's where we keep our horses it's a little tiny tiny town in Texas called Heiko and I think it just feels so safe out there it feels so untouched by the city by noises by anything and it's it's just where I can go feel alone in nature and watch light hit the earth and it is so inspiring I also anytime I'm in a creative rut I love to watch um a Terrence Malick film I think he does a wonderful job of incorporating light into each and every single one of his scenes um so Terrence Malick is is such an amazing one for me but I find I find that nature provides it's the best form of inspiration I feel like we you and I kind of talked about this earlier and you were saying the same thing like you love to garden. So for you, just like having that hands-on experience with the earth, with something, it just takes you there. And there really is so much to be found in nature, whether it's colors or looking at a certain rose or, I mean, nature is beautiful. I completely agree. And I really, I see that in your work so much. And I mean, I think even going, first of all, I want to go to this lovely place where where your family keeps your horses because that sounds so serene and peaceful. And being somewhere like that and being able to really study the landscape, to study the light, to study the colors – inevitably impacts your work as an artist. And I see that so, so much. And I think that is something that for photographers, whether you're just starting or whether you are, you know, really far along in your career, making that time to really reconnect with what inspires you and is, I think, such an incredible experience as an artist and elevates your work that much more. And I don't think enough people speak to finding things that inspire you. I mean, 
guys, it can be as simple as your your off where you're editing your images, your office setting is so important. Your environment shapes the work that you put out. So make sure that your environment feels authentic to who you are, that it sparks joy. <laughs> what is it? Marie Kondo, she always says, like, does this bring joy? Yes. It's true though, things that you surround yourself with, and that goes down to the people, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Everything will be a direct um, output of the work that you're producing. So I think finding inspiration daily is so crucial. I, I think you get that, Molly, because it sounds to me like you totally do the same. And it, and it can be something so minimal, whether it's a 20-minute walk around your neighborhood um, during golden hour or and before the sun even ever rises, you're just awake and you're alone and you're still in your thoughts. I think that's inspiring too, because you're, you're completely uninterrupted and you get to be alone with the thoughts in your head, whether good or bad, you can dream up something. You can think about what you want to do, where you want to go. And it's just a beautiful thing, but you've got to find the things that inspire you always. Completely. I could not agree more, Kristen. Now where you're at, the weddings that you photograph, I mean, you go from Texas to Lake Como to Capri. I mean, they're really extraordinary. And I know that a lot of wedding creatives really dream of being able to work with the type of couples and planners that you do. So do you have any advice on how to book destination weddings and how to start attracting those opportunities for wedding creatives? Absolutely. I think that it is so important. You have to, first of all, you have to know that what you put out in the world, you will attract. So don't put anything on your Instagram, on your website, if you don't want to book it, that is so crucial. So if you, you might really like an image from a newborn session that you did because you are trying to fill your schedule for the month. But if you don't want to book newborn sessions, do not put that on your feed, regardless of how stunning the image is, because you will continue to attract these type of clients and they will try to book you for newborn sessions, like plain and simple. If you have a, I think it's very important to Molly, with anything, always think about your target audience. Who are you trying to attract and who are you trying to, what is your, who's your consumer? Because just looking at that right there will directly impact what you're putting out. So I think whatever you put out, you will attract. So that to me is just, you know, as a creative, you are your own brand. So right down to style choices, again, where what you're, what you're putting on your Instagram is what you're going to, I think, start booking. So just literally that is, I think, the golden rule. And I think it is as simple as that. I don't think you have to overthink it. I think also nurturing relationships, whether it is a planner that you admire, reach out to them. There's no harm in that. Reach out to a planner and let them know that you're a huge fan and if an opportunity presents itself that you would love to work with them and that's I mean just relationships are also so so crucial in this industry as you know 
Yes. I am just over here nodding my head so vigorously because, I mean, it's 100% true. And I think people, especially when you're starting and you don't have a huge amount of work in your portfolio, you do feel pressure to show everything that you're doing. And don't. There is, you can absolutely take that client, deliver an incredible experience, deliver the beautiful work, but you don't need to be putting it on your portfolio. You don't need to be putting it on your Instagram. You really only want to show the things that you want to keep doing because it really does start to pick up. And then I think what you said about creating these authentic and genuine relationships is so, so crucial. How have you met a lot of the planners that you have in your network and that you've worked with over the years? Because I know you've worked with some absolutely amazing planners and that you really have been a wonderful team together, a creative team. It's been, I feel uh, it's been a huge blessing because I, again, it just happens so organically. I think, you know, if I were to sit here and really travel back in time, it just, it happened organically. And then kind of the rest is history. But I, I also am such a firm believer in, in nurturing relationships. I think that is professionally. And then also outside of the professional scope that you're in, just anybody that's around you, nurture them, love on them. And it always comes back full circle. And it's a big world, but it's a small world after all. Do you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of these relationships have just kind of presented themselves, whether it's a client that has booked them and then the experience was so wonderful with that planner um, on location and then continued to kind of stay in touch throughout the years and that that happens. So, I mean, if you you realize that you are there to, to bust your butt and be better than anything that anyone's ever known or seen, then it, it pays off. Yes, I completely agree. And, you know, I think whenever you can, being able to lift other people up too just comes totally. back to you in oh spades. God, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it, we don't all have the opportunity to be, you know, referring planners to our clients. But if you do, I mean, wow, what a way to stand out by recommending their work to somebody that you're working with because you genuinely admire them because you know they're going to do a great job. And I mean, that to me is such a great way to stand out. And I think as much as we can think about how we can give versus how we can get is so important from a relationship and an authentic networking. It's not, I mean, even the word networking to me, I think can have a very salesy feel to it, but you know, just creating your network of friends and like-minded creatives around the world, I think can make such a difference when you approach it from a, what can I do to lift you up? And and it's so, it's so true. I think even outside of just the photographer, the, the photographer scope, go and make besties with videographers, make besties with the hair and makeup team. I mean, at the end of the day, these are your colleagues. So putting together in these relationships and really nurturing them, you then, I mean, it's a domino effect because if they're booking a job, they're going to refer you. So I think that is what is so, so crucial. Remember that you are not, it's not just you, it is you. And then this, you have this whole huge orb of creatives around you and get to know them because 
guess what? They will book up. And if they are booked up, they will refer you. And so yes. it's just so important to kind of create your, your network and really realize that these are your colleagues. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we are for each other. We're Absolutely. all a little creative community. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, there's nothing more special than working a wedding and traveling to an incredible destination. And, you know, if it's a three, four, five day event that can be very mm-hmm. taxing physically, but when you have this amazing team of creatives behind it that have worked together right. before that have a relationship, I mean, it yeah. comes together as truly being a creative team. It's not the photographer here, the videographer here, the planner there. Everybody is almost at that point under one umbrella and working together to lift each other up. I mean, it's an incredible feeling. And in the end, it just gives such a better experience to the couple and to their guests. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, I I think you probably would agree with this, but energy is everything. And people can feel an energy in a room. I mean, it, you can walk into a room and say, okay, this energy feels, it just feels right. I feel at peace. I feel happy with it. And I think when you have um, a vendor team that really gets along and it's the language is just everyone's on the same page and it's effortless that is an energy that can be felt the ripple effect is real your client will have an amazing experience um and it's just so it's so important oh i completely agree i mean there's truly nothing better than that and then you know with the way that you work with your couples so i also think that's one thing that makes your photos really stand out kristen is that to me you really capture your couples essence in such a gorgeous way that to me just really feels very special so for couples that are listening to the podcast who might be planning their destination wedding do you have any advice for them on how to achieve the best wedding photos from selecting their photographer to personal styling, anything just that you would recommend for your couples on how to make their photos that much more incredible? Okay. I love that question so much, Molly. Um, and it's so funny. <laughs> I was just talking with um, some clients the other day about this and it sounds so cheesy, but yes, we are photographers, but we also like to think of ourselves as art directors because I think really you you have to, when you have somebody behind your lens, it's so important to make sure that you are capturing them. And that means that it's not just you put, putting them in these poses that you want them in. It's knowing your couple. So really doing the work before the, before the um, wedding. And a lot of the times like if, if it is a higher end client, maybe you don't really get to meet them or have these lengthy conversations with them prior to the event, but it's just doing your research. So knowing the way that they want their love story told. So making sure that you understand that not every couple is the same. So you're not going to be able to document every single one of your couples in the same way that you did the last. So really doing your research before and then with that research, knowing how you're going to pose them, how you're going to art direct them um, when they when you do have that precious time with them behind uh, your camera. And I think for couples, I think it's so important that they feel a connection to whoever is around them. That is like, that is so crucial. I mean, you have to feel peace on your wedding day because if you don't during your whole wedding day, you're going to be just, your mind will be going places that it really has no business going 
all you should be thinking about is, oh my gosh, I'm marrying the love of my life today. And that is so cool. And then everything else should fizzle away because really, truly the your wedding team, so hair, makeup, planner, videographer, whoever you have there, photographer, um, caterer, florist, they are your wedding cheerleaders. So you have got to really like use them and think of them as, hey, these people are here for us. And they do, they work for you at the end of the day. So their utmost goal is to make sure that you have an end product that it surpasses your wildest imagination as to what you know, the outcome would even ever be. So it's just, I think the foundation for, for couples should be make sure that you have a vendor team or, or, you know, uh, creatives around you that you actually enjoy, that you feel like they understand who you are as a couple, your style, your vision for how you want your love story to be told. And then the rest will all fall into place and it's okay not to jive with everyone chemistry is real and you're not going to have it with everybody so do your research make sure that outside of loving the the body of work um that you love the person who produces that body of work Yes, I could not agree with you more. I mean, it just brings to mind I was photographing a wedding last weekend and mm-hmm. the hairstylist, even after she was done doing the bride's hair and everybody else, she came for all the portraits, not only to do hair touch-ups, but she's helping the bride with her dress, her veil, things that completely are quote unquote, not in her scope, in her wheelhouse per se, but it's because she genuinely cared about that bride and just wanted to make the day extraordinary for her. And those are the type of people that on your wedding, you want to surround yourself with. Yes. Amen. And okay. So Molly, like the ripple effect on that is for you, did it make a difference? It had to. Of course. It made the photos so much more incredible. I mean, even with having a team of three, instead of my assistant having to be the one to do that, she can be, you know, not to get too into technical, but rolling my film, we can therefore shoot quicker. We can let the couple, whether we want to go to another location or they want to get back to cocktail hour earlier and enjoy the party and spend time with their friends and family. Yes. I mean, when you have that type of team behind you, your photos will inevitably just be better. You're going to look better and you're going to feel better because you feel taken care of and you feel confident, which lets you just be in the moment. Was this your wedding in South of France? Yes. Dreamy, I'm excited to see those photos. (laughs) It It was an absolutely beautiful wedding. I love the South of France. Especially this time of year. Hello. Yes. I know. Yeah, it was incredible. So, you know, I think that that advice that you gave, though, I think that's incredible. And I think I would also say that having the confidence as a bride and groom or, you know, bride and bride, groom and groom on your wedding day, feeling Mm -hmm. confident in yourself, feeling great in your skin will also make your photos look that much better because you're present, you're grounded, your true chemistry and connection can truly come out in the images when that wall and that barrier is down. And I think, like you said, when you have these people around you that lift you up, that truly are there because they want you to have the best day of your life, you feel that. And that makes you feel so much more confident. Molly, you're reminding me, I always tell my clients that 
the emotion you have during the time the photo was taken is something that will literally last with you a lifetime when you are physically looking at that image. So even if you were to step away from an image, you are going to have an emotional connection to what was taking place at the time that image was taken. So it can be the most gorgeous photo on planet earth, but if you were having a bad experience when that photo was being taken, you are not going to connect with that image. And so it's, it's hugely important that you feel nothing other than joy and excitement on your wedding day or any time when you're having your photo professionally taken because that emotion will carry over a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. I completely agree. And so speaking of the South of France, I know that you have photographed weddings in just some of the most iconic destinations. Do you have any favorite wedding destinations that either you've shot at or that you're just dreaming of working in? It's so funny you ask, because I think that that's probably the number one question that people will ask me is, where's your favorite spot you've ever shot? And I really, I, I don't have one. I don't have dream that I think that this is so, I just can't help it, but I'm going to say it, but it's wherever the light hits, like in that moment, it becomes a dreamy environment. So it's really, and truly it's how light hits the earth. I don't care where we are on the earth. The earth is so beautiful. And you put golden hour light in a couple and, you put the essence of a wedding day and just the way that light will hit a, a couple during their literal, they are glowing as humans mm-hmm. and it's a day that they have prepared for and dreamed of, dreamt of, and it's finally there. That to me is, it, how do you pick a favorite? The brilliance yes. behind that? Just, you, 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 I mean, you can experience it really wherever you can be. <laughs> can be in a parking lot and it still feels just out of this world. Oh, completely. And you know, to me, those moments are what capture how the day felt when it just feels luminous. And it almost feels like when you're thinking about a memory 20, you know, that happened 20 years before, you're not thinking about it in this super crisp high definition. It has a glowy aura to it. And to me, that's what's so magic about those moments that you're talking about is as you're living them, you almost are present and aware that 50 years from now, this is how that memory will feel is how this looks right now. Right. And I think that, I mean, I think a lot of the weddings that we shoot, I think you could say the same. A lot of our couples have outdoor weddings. So the ceremonies are outdoor and uh, such a part of that is the environment around them. Yes. Hello. The floral installations are always incredible and the design elements are so inspiring and the list goes on. But at the end of the day, it really is, it's mother nature hitting the earth and the way that that reflects off of a couple. And it is just unbeatable. I completely agree. I mean, there is, as a photographer, nothing better than being in those moments. I mean, it's just, you want to stop time and be able to live in it forever. I agree. I agree, which is, I guess, what we do. So So Kristen, in addition to being one of the best wedding photographers in the world, you are also known for your editorial work. I would love to know how you got into this and how do you balance both? Because I think that's something that makes you 
really unique as an artist that you really do have both sides of your creative and business. I think that, I don't know, you just have a very unique perspective. So I would love to hear how that transpired and how you balance them. You know, it's a, that's a good question as to how it transpired. It was an organic transition. I think that when you shoot, which we love to shoot our weddings with an editorial um, take. So I think, I think a lot of fine art wedding photographers would say the same, right? The approach is I want to art direct my client and give them something that will stand the test of time and not fall short of any wedding trend and editing trend you know, the list goes on. So really making sure that you are presenting something that is classic, a classic outcome. And, you know, the way that I think that we work with clients has this editorial carryover and the editorial world kind of presented itself again, a little bit organically. And the fusion is fun because I think as an artist, it keeps your eye fresh. If you can bring what you know of the editorial world to a wedding day and vice versa. It just keeps things fresh. It keeps you creatively inspired and energized, if you will. And yeah, it is fun. And it's, it is a balancing act because a lot, a lot of our year last year was shooting in Italy and then racing back to the States for an editorial or, you know, vice versa, but it's fun. And again, you nurture these relationships with brands that you partner with. And that has carryover because then these, these brands will then start referring you, or let's just say that somebody you work with under a brand then gets engaged. Then hopefully you can assume that they'll call you and shoot their wedding and everything is cyclical in this life. So if, if you just nurture the people around you, it will come back to you. Um, I completely but it is fun agree. The food world is so different than the editorial world and then the, the wedding world. I mean, on a wedding day, as much as I would love to shoot tethered and streamline photos through Capture One and put treatment on them right then and there, you can't do that. So that just that doesn't happen. And also, you can't bring in gigantic studio lights into the hotel room where your bride is putting on her wedding dress. I mean. Maybe you can, but the the timeline, the nature of a timeline on a, on a wedding day, you're there to make studio quality light on a timeline, on a restricted yeah. time. And you know that the adrenaline rush is so real, Molly. I mean, it's like, it's addicting. Let's just be real. It's addicting. But the adrenaline rush is so real because you're then having to put yourself in a space and make this space look like a space that would have you know, studio lights or however, however you want to manipulate your light to make it look perfect. Yes. That's, that's your job. And, you know, with the, with the cookbook world, which has been so fun, we shoot, we shoot the food with the intention of it looking like natural light. But I laugh because (laughs) the second book this was last year during the ice storm. And so literally a lot of people lost power in Texas. I mean, the whole state was frozen over. I'm not sure if you remember this, but it was not so. And we did the best we could. Luckily, praise God, we never, we never lost power, but we were shooting until like 11 PM at night. So that the reason I bring that up is because 
our job as photographers is to make sure that we are producing daylight, quote unquote, air quotes, daylight at 11 p.m. <laughs> and so majority of the book was shot in darkness of the snowstorm, but it is was shot in a way to really make you feel like you're sitting out by the pool with that, you know, pool, um, with the summer heat, with the one o'clock afternoon stark sunlight where it's just, you know, sunny and full of all the summertime lunch vibes. So it's fun. And I think that the challenge of it all keeps you fresh. It keeps you wanting to just discover new ways to manipulate light, to pin light, to speak the language of light. And I'm super grateful for it. That's amazing. And I'm sure that for you, those experiences, of course, translate to your wedding work. I mean, yes, you're not going to be bringing in the same lighting setup, of course, because A, you don't have the time and B, also it can kind of be obtrusive in the moment when you're turning it into this, you know, full on studio setup, you kind of lose some of that natural emotion that you want to be capturing so beautifully in the photos. But regardless, I'm sure that that translates very, very effortlessly to your wedding work because, I mean, you're just continuing to learn how to master your craft, to master light, to stay very forward with technology as it progresses. So it's really amazing that you're able to balance both so beautifully. Well, thank you, Molly. It's really fun. I love it. And I mean, it's an addicting, it's an addicting thing and it keeps you fresh and inspired and keeps your head in the game for all the different, you know, whether it's a wedding or a cookbook or editorial world, it just keeps you ignited. Amazing. Kristen, this has been fantastic. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Molly, thank you. I'm inspired by you. I want you to come to Austin and hang out with me and come garden with me, please. ASAP. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And Kristen, I'm sure that many of our listeners probably already follow you, but for those who may have just met you, where can we follow and learn more about you? Well, you can certainly follow along on Instagram. My Instagram is at Kilpat. That's K-I-L-P-A-T. Um, short for my last name, Kilpatrick. And then website, I am desperately needing to update that. But Molly, be my accountability partner. Hold me to it. I need to update it because I have so much work that I want to upload. Um, But it's the creative struggle. That part is real. But anyways, or go to our website, which is (laughs) kristenkilpatrick.com. And uh, yes, hopefully we'll be updating that soon. Yes, because we all want to see your beautiful work. So you will be doing everyone a favor by updating it so that we can continue to follow along on your beautiful creative journey. This has been so amazing, Kristen. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for joining us here on The Wedding Destination. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr, and you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Carr Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.